Who's on top? Who's on top? Who's gonna be the cream of the crop? Who's gonna hit the game winner mic drop? You don't know, but we just might. If you want to find out, check us out tonight with Jeremy, Jacob, and Alice too. Adding Ori, and we have a crew. Woo! And welcome back to the 10th episode of Who's on Top? I'm Ori, your host. Um, we're back from a short hiatus precipitated by a calamitous event. I think we all know what we're talking about. Uh, this event, of course, has been so, so disruptive. We've watched it happen slowly, but then quickly. It is, of course, Jacob Kazin's Rise to the Top 200 in Fortnite, New Jersey! Woo! Thank you very much. Many hours of hard work. <laughs> we can't ignore this kind of greatness uh, any longer, and we had to take a little break as we watch his meteoric rise to fame. In all seriousness, though, uh, this small thing called the coronavirus has disrupted almost all sports seasons across the United States and Europe, uh, but we still have so much to talk about. Uh, we're going to start with our analysts this week, fashionably wearing a very stylish palm tree t-shirt with completely mismatched pair of gray sweatpants. We have our curly-haired genius, Jeremy Giles. Hello, what is up, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Rolling up his sleeves to show up his ripped upper body and dreamy blue eyes, we have our own Russian machine, Ellis Gordon. What's up, guys? And our own Fortnite star, now in the top echelon New Jersey, Woo! the Frisbee player, Jacob Kazin. What's up, guys? Signing autographs later. Now we're going to talk about punishments and predictions. So tied for first place at around 55%, uh, we have Ellis and Jacob. They did really well. Guessing over uh, Way to go! Good work, Ellis. And then, uh, unfortunately, Jeremy Giles. Once again. 40%. Two-timer! Uh, that, that's it. We're aiming for three, right, Jeremy? Three-peat coming right up! <laughs> okay, so uh, we're going to have the punishment video coming after the coronavirus, whenever that may be. Okay, now we're going to be moving on to the NFL free agency. A lot has happened uh, since the coronavirus uh, struck. This has been one of the most prominent things in sports news recently. Uh, of course, we have Tom Brady, one of the greatest quarterbacks, debatably, to ever play it. Coming from University of Michigan, uh, he's going to go to the Buccaneers. Uh, how do we feel about this? Jacob, you want to start us off? Yeah, for Tom Brady himself, I think it's, it's definitely a good change of scenery for him. I think he's, he's supplied with many more weapons on the field. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, their duo running back, Peyton Barber and uh, Ronald Jones the third. Also, O.J. Howard, their, their young tight end. Yeah, but Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, both all-stars. All-stars in the previous years. I think the change of scenery will benefit Brady, both on the fantasy side and the statistical side. He only, he only threw for 24 touchdowns last year. Yeah, I think, we'll, I think he'll be hovering, hovering more around a number of 30 to 33 touchdowns this year. I think, good. for me, you're looking at it from the side of Tom Brady, and I agree the side of Tom Brady is very good. For me, I'd look at it more of the side of the New England Patriots, in which I think this was actually an uncharacteristically really stupid move by Bill Belichick. I say this for a few reasons. The first one is that I think it would have been really easy to keep Tom Brady, who would have just had to pay him a few million more, which I know is not in his usual way. But this I mean, is remember, a, Jeremy, whenever Bill Belichick makes a move, it generally ends up working out. So. That is true. But I think here what makes me think it's different is this. First, I think it would have been easy to keep Brady. All he would have had to do is get like a really good receiver, like get Stephon Diggs or something like that, which I think would have helped a depleted receiver core like the Patriots anyway. And the other thing I think about... Bill Belichick and the Patriots is having someone like Tom Brady to back up behind for a year, even if it's only a year or two that he's still in New England, is huge for developing a young quarterback. Such as Jared Stidham, their yeah. their draft, like look draft at what, last year. Look at what happened with Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think the fact that they're losing that is huge for their future chances. Yeah, it's bad, it's bad for the Patriots, but I don't know if they could have kept him to stay anyway, because like part of Brady's legacy is that, I guess his one stain, if you can even call it that, is that he'll always be tied to Bill Belichick. 
and great players. So you think be, he wants to, to prove that he's great without yeah, Bill? without Bill yeah. Belichick. And this is the perfect scenario for the Bucks and Brady. Brady gets, as Jacob said, weapons. Uh, living in Florida is always nice. So good money, obviously, that he hasn't gotten with the Patriots because he's always taking pay cuts with them. And the Buccaneers get one increased attendance and interest as it's Tom Brady. Also, uh, Patriots, you know, always a little bit of a tainted organization. Flategate, um, yeah. Robert Kraft and his dubious dealings. I mean, it's it's probably a nice change of scenery as well, away from the kind of the corrupt organization. Yeah, well, and and he's going to bring a lot of free agents with him. And the Buccaneers are now are now playoff contenders. Their odds went from forty to one to twenty two to one with just one simple acquisition. So this is a great move for both. Obviously, not a good move for the Patriots. But something about Bill Belichick... I Did they get anything in return? Oh, uh, no. He no, just yeah, walked he was free a free agent. agent. He was a free agent. Uh, what, what do you honestly, guys... I think the one last thing I'd say about that is I think it's just more fun for Tom Brady. Like, he has a lot of rings. This is and a I think some of the pressure's more. off. Yeah. yeah the pressure's like, off. It's not winning. He gets to be in a new winning. offense. He gets to learn. I think just at this point in his career, he's done enough. Also, let's not discount Bruce Arians isn't a really good head coach. Like, he's no Bill Belichick because I think Bill Belichick is the best coach of all time. That said... Bruce Arians is a really good coach, especially offensive coach. But what do you what do you guys think the Patriots are going to do for the quarterbacks? Do you think they're going to roll with Jared Stidham from last year? Do you think they're going to wait for free agency for someone like Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston possibly? Jared Stidham did not impress me. Or do you think they're going to go for the draft this year? I think Jared Stidham did not impress me. I see them going for the draft, whether it be this year or next year. I kind of think they have to go for a prospect in the draft, especially if you look at the past few drafts. You people like Drew Locke have a chance of working, right? Everyone's working. So I could even see them getting like a Jordan Love type person that goes later in the draft but still has a lot of potential. Todd Gurley, he got dropped by the Rams in a surprising move and uh, signed with the Falcons. One of the best players in the league last uh, three years ago and two years ago. Last year a little bit marred by injuries. Uh, but what exactly, What? why exactly do you think the Rams did this? Yeah, I think that the main reason that the Rams, uh, they cut Todd Gurley was the, the money side of it. Dinero, money, money, money. He signed a four-year, $60 million deal in 2018, $10.6 million guaranteed every year. Like, they just wanted to save this money. Last year, he didn't really he didn't really produce that well. And he was for, injured, right? He was injured for a couple, for most, for half the season, I think. And uh, he didn't produce like they expected him to. So I think it saves them a lot of money, and it gives them it, it gives them the opportunity to sign other big, big free agent names. I think in addition to the argument about money, which I obviously think is the primary thing, Todd Gurley, I think, has not the best impact on their culture. You've always had Todd Gurley as a crutch for the team. Like, what, what do you mean by crutch? What I mean is that he has arthritis in his knee, right? And they're trying to monitor his workload. But the thing is, there's always ideas if they're in a pinch, if they really need him, they can use him as much as possible. So you're saying but, it's con- it's confusing for the coordinators to have, like, a weapon I don't even think you... it's confusing. I think for the team, they always feel like it's someone they can rely upon and fall back upon. Like, I know the same thing with the Chiefs defense early, right? They can always fall back upon Patrick Mahomes. But then by removing this, you remove this crutch, which isn't, it's kind of okay if it's a real crutch, but Todd Gurley's not the You're saying that you're, that you're supposed to rely on him, but he can't with his arthritis. Essentially. Yeah, I honestly think this is a money uh, problem because they signed Jared Goff to huge deal. They're going to have to sign Jalen Ramsey to a huge deal. For two years, they don't have any first-round draft picks. They're in trouble for the future, and it's hard to place all your money on a person who has an ACL. His left knee has been really shoddy. It's, it's awful for Todd Gurley. Like, he's always done the right things. He's kept quiet. He's one of the few quiet superstars. But his left knee has always proven bad. And there's like reports that he has arthritis there. And you can't play football when you have arthritis in your knee or like high volume football. He hasn't looked ever the same since since that since that Super Bowl run by the Rams. And you can't be giving when you're already strapped for cash. You can't be giving someone ten million a year 
to, to do, be kind of a player yeah. with a broken yeah. knee. <clears throat> Who's, yeah. yeah, and like it's an awful thing to say, but NFL is a business, so so they had to cut him. They saved themselves some money, more flexibility. And the Falcons, good signing for them, because look, one year six million, that's low risk. And Todd Gurley, if that knee ever grows, heals back, is still a top five running back. You've yeah. seen what he can I, do that when, yeah, when three, three years ago. It's a low risk, high reward. I actually situation. think I kind of disagree with you. I don't think this is the best situation. Just because right there essentially the dropped for the Falcons, yeah. Because essentially they're dropping one aging running back for another. Right? You can argue the same thing about Devontae Freeman, who they dropped. Devontae Freeman was very good for many years and was definitely a top five running back for mm. a few years. Todd Gurley's so, ceiling is higher. I think Todd Gurley's ceiling was higher with the knee. I'm not sure I agree. I think they're both aging running backs whose bodies are breaking Aging? Down. I mean, Todd Gurley... Todd Gurley's 25. Todd Gurley's 25. In the NFL, as a running back, you age much quicker than that, you do that in is reality. True. So obviously He also goes back Also, he goes back to his hometown, Georgia, so not a good deal for Gurley. I don't think it's a bad situation for Gurley, but I would not I don't not think the fact that he's going back to his home state fixes his knee, though. No, it's his knee, but like, it's his mentality for him. Yeah, Listen, no, that's true. One year, six million is a low-risk proposition for a potential top three running back. That's, that's, that's true. That's very true. And if it doesn't yeah. work out, it doesn't work out for you. Like, no. who are they going to do anyway? Ito Smith, who's not good anyway. So, Todd Gurley's always going to be better than Ito Smith, even without the knee. All right, now we're going to go uh, to one of Ellis's segments, Rapid Fire, um, which I will be hosting this time. Sorry, Ellis. Uh, hostile Rats. takeover here. Um, we're going to talk about a uh, few quick trades and uh, quick knee-jerk reactions to them. Ellis, you start us off. DeAndre Hopkins and David Johnson. Um, this is a probably consensus for everyone. Awful trade for the um, for the Texans who could have just waited to get Todd Gurley if they wanted an injured star running back. Amazing trade for the Cardinals. Kyler Murray. It has now Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins, potentially the best running wide receiver in the league. Yeah, essentially, I don't understand why the Texans give up DeAndre Hopkins for so little. But for the Cardinals, this is a huge move, for, a, and it would be great for the development of Kyler Murray. Sounds good. Jacob, last one. Yeah, bad decision by uh, by the Texans. They got a good running back at David Johnson, unproven after last year. DeAndre Hopkins in a very fast-paced offense with Kyler Murray, Kenyon Drake, Larry Fitzgerald. That's and they're really young stars, and, yeah, not stars, but young players, Andy Isabella and Christian Kirk. That's a really All right, good yeah. running out of time here. Stefan Diggs to Bills. How do we feel about this, Ellis? I think great deal for both if Stefan Diggs' temperament can hold up. Obviously, Bills Mafia is very um, loving. This is a great weapon for Josh Allen, but Diggs has shown in the past some you know, intolerance for inaccurate QBs. Josh Allen's still working on the accuracy part, so we'll see, but I think overall, great deal. Jeremy? I think this is an awesome pairing just because Josh Allen in his entire NFL career, has not really ever had like Very a true. number one receiver. Hey, Cole Beasley. Cole, Cole Beasley. Beasley. Well, last year their number one was actually John Brown, who played amazingly. But John Brown, I'm sorry, I have him in fantasy. He's a great receiver. He should not be your number one. So I think this is a great move for both sides. Sounds good. Jacob, finish yeah, this I, th- I think it's a great decision for the Bills. They have a, one of the best defenses in the league for the past couple years, and they've, they're strong, strong again this year on the defensive side. I think this just powers their offense to the next level, and I think they could be... Yeah playoff contenders this year. All right, let's talk quarterbacks really quickly. Teddy Bridgewater to Panthers and Rivers uh, Rivers to Colts. How do we feel about either Oh, uh, yeah, so real quick, Rivers to Colts. I don't think Rivers still has it in him. That said, it's a one-year deal. If things don't turn out well, Jacoby Brissett is there. I'm not the biggest fan, but it's not much to lose, so I'm going to like the deal. Bridgewater to uh, Panthers. I really like Bridgewater to QB. I think he's extremely underrated, so I like that move for him. He's a really good QB. Alex would appreciate that. Yes. Teddy for life. That said, the Panthers had Cam Newton. I don't think they should have moved on from Cam Newton, who still will always be a better QB than a Bridgewater if he's in, if he's healthy. So that's why I don't like the move for the 
Panthers, that said, if they had to replace Cam Newton, Bridgewater is your guy. All right, Jeremy, hit us up. Um, I think for Phillip Rivers, I actually really like Phillip Rivers going to the Colts, simply because I think, I kind of agree with Elf that he doesn't have it, but he's still been in the NFL a very long time, and I don't think this means... Comforting they, veteran prison. I don't think this means they can't true. draft like a younger quarterback, right, that they can line up behind him and start next year. So I think that's good for that reason. In terms of Bridgewater, I love this move because Matt Rule, the one thing he does whenever he goes to a new place, he always establishes a culture. Cam Newton has a lot of talent. He's most definitely not a culture person. and very much is his own cult of personality. Doesn't Kind of like you, with... Jeremy. Thank you, Ori. I appreciate that. But I'm better than Cam Newton. Anyway, <laughs> no, but Cam Newton is very much his own okay. cult of personality, which does not fit with Matt Rule. Versus Bridgewater, who's always been... Yeah, Bridgewater's a very team guy. Yeah, and while he's not always been the best player, he has an amazing personality and will So we've heard. And will work... Well, even when he got injured, I yeah. remember there were stories of him saying, this is just another challenge. I'll get through this. Very I'm classy very guy. excited. Yeah. I think for the, the Rivers of the Colts trade, great deal for Rivers. Gets $25 million a year. Same as Brady, actually. Can maybe feed his 25 kids. <laughs> eight, eight children, whatever he has. Nine. Nine children. Okay, but for the, for the Colts... My opinion, not the, not the best deal. I think Brissett is a better quarterback, more mobile, more arm power. They're very different. Very yeah. different, and he knows the playbook better. But Rivers has been—he's like sixth in all time in all all possible stats. So. Also, Frank Reich is um is and Rivers are good friends back from their Chargers. Yeah, you can't, can't go wrong signing signing one of the one of the greatest. As for the Teddy Bridgewater to the Panthers, I I love Teddy Bridgewater. The very, story, very great. Guy. After his yeah. injury with the Vikings, to go with like three different backup backup quarterbacks. For three different teams, then he was backup for Drew Brees and the Saints. He went five and zero as a Saints starter, and he was signed, signed a three-year, sixty-three million dollar deal with the Panthers. I think it's a great, great deal for both sides. I think he has the mobility that the Panthers' offense is used to in Cam Newton, but he's more of a, a smaller, safer type of quarterback, and I think that'll benefit in their offense. I think it's a great point. All right, now uh, we're going to talk about one more very sad, another player leaving Detroit. First Andre Drummond, now Darius Slay, uh, going to the Eagles. I mean, just just sad to see him leave, but uh, what do you think in terms of defense, Ellis? Steal from the Eagles. Darius Slay said he wanted way over $15 million in contract. He only got $16.5 million, so steal for the Eagles. For the Lions, this is a really bad deal for them. Again. They're, yeah, they, I mean, <laughs> third-round pick for Darius Slay, who's, a, I think, a top-five cornerback in the game. Darius Slay questioned Matt Patricia, so now Detroit fans have to question Matt Patricia. Just a quick bonus one. I think the winners of the offseason Cleveland Browns getting Austin Hooper and Taylor Lewin. Their offense is absolutely stacked. Now let's see if it works out in real life. All right, Jeremy, what do you think? So I think I'm going to look at it from the Eagles. I think this is a really great move. Because no one ever looks from the depressing Lions perspective. I mean, why would you want to look from such a depressing perspective? Uh, anyway, I think for the Eagles, it's coming a great... Coming from a Jets fan. Coming from <laughs> a Jets fan. I know. I'm sorry. No, for the Eagles, it's really a great move, though, because they've been really needing help at cornerback. And I think next year, with more help at cornerback, with the full roster, they really could make a run at Super Bowl. So I think the for the d- depressing Detroit Lions perspective Aww. of it, they've had a lot of internal problems. I've heard a lot of the players aren't a big fan of Matt Patricia, personalities, coaching style. Darius Slay was one of the people to say that. They just acquired Desmond Trufant, a corner from the Falcons. And the, ad, the second that Darius Slay on Twitter said, get me out of here. Hopefully this gets me out of here quicker. And now he's on the Eagles. For the Eagles, I think it's a great move. Last year they had many injuries to their young corners. And I think uh, he's he's been one of the best corners consistently for the last three years. But also they did lose Malcolm Jenkins to the Saints. So I think Darius Slay fills that hole. 
Alright, so uh, now we're going to move on to the top three segments. We're going to be doing this more of an all-time uh, segment over the next few uh, episodes, but right now we're going to talk about the top three running backs in the game, um, as well as an honorable mention. Currently. Yeah. Jeremy, you want to start us off? So, for my honorable mention, I have Nick Chubb. He's really been tearing it up in Cleveland and had an amazing season last year despite being on a terribly managed team with very poor quarterback play, whether you like Baker Mayfield or not. So he's I think had some incredible runs so just breaking free. What he's been able to do with that is insane. Yeah, my honorable mention is Dalvin Cook. He's been cooking it up. He has been cooking it up in Minnesota. He has some injuries, some, some knee and leg problems. But when he's not injured, he's one of the best in the game. My honorable mention will be Ezekiel Elliott. I have him here because Nick Chubb is a bit too young and unproven for me. Uh, he was also behind a bad offense. He was really good, obviously, but I don't think he's uh, honorable mention worthy or top three worthy. Uh, Dalvin Cook's too injury prone. One good season does not does not constitute an, uh, a top four running back in the NFL. Ezekiel Elliott's a top four running back in the NFL, and I think he'd be higher on this list if he was better at pass catching, and also if he didn't have such a good offensive line. Obviously, I still think he's super talented, but he beats my honorable mention because his offensive line is amazing and his pass catching is good, but not top three worthy. Coming in at three for me on the current running backs is Saquon Barkley. Talent-wise, I think he's the best, both pass-catching and running-wise, I think he's the best. That said, he's on a not good offense. Giants team, uh, their offensive line wasn't that good. I think he didn't pull up the best stats. I still think he's the best one talent-wise, but we have to go through here through production. And Eli might not dump 10 and passes a game his way this year. Yeah, yeah so, so yeah, so Saquon Barkley, listen, if you look at his highlight tapes, I think he's the <laughs> best, but... Oh Third. my god! Yeah, Jacob loves him, yeah. but he clocks in at three for me. Um, for me, I'd have to say Ezekiel Elliott is my number three. Simply because I think in the top running backs, I'm trying to think who can translate to wins. Ezekiel Elliott has a history of helping the Dallas Cowboys become a winning franchise, of to a large extent carrying Dak Prescott in this offense. So because of that, I have to say Ezekiel Elliott is number three. Yeah, Derrick Henry clocks in at number three for me. Even though he did pretty much carry their team to wins over the Patriots and the Ravens, I think as a runner, he, he may be one of the most talented runners, but he's not the greatest pass catcher. Yeah. And for me, that puts him at yeah, number three. Definitely staying on his as, as a Giants fan, I would love to put Saquon Barkley at number one. But as Ad Ellis said, production. Last year, Saquon Barkley did not have the greatest year production-wise. Had some injuries, played, a, played behind a very crappy offensive line and, and, and with a rookie quarterback. And I bad think, play calling and yeah, actually. terrible halfback dives every mostly every play. I was at three games or at least fifteen every game, yeah. just abysmal to watch. But I just think Saquon Barkley is the most talented running back in the league, but production wise, he's second best. For me, my number two is the, in my opinion, the most talented running back in the NFL, and that's Christian McCaffrey. I don't see how I don't put him up here because he got. A thousand receiving yards, a thousand rushing yards this season. Most Talent. talented over Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon. Yes, I believe so. Because of his pure, both pass catching and running ability. Saquon Barkley has better pass catching and running. No, not pass catching. Running, running, better running. Statistically speaking, the stats disagree. He's had one of the best seasons ever by a running back this year. I think it'd be. Well, see, you have to look at the fact that they always throw he's their right offense. There's nobody I, else I there. I think I'd argue that's more of an argument for him, right? Because. If he's there in the That means he gets all, everything. He gets all the passes. He's getting like 45 he, to 50 touches a game. That's because he has to, which I think is a very good thing that he's able to manage that. I think that's more of a thing in his favor than against his favor. Uh, Yeah, no. Christian McCaffrey's really good. I just want to say, talent wise, he's better than 
better than Saquon. But for me, my number two clocks in at Derrick Henry. I mean, Again, just two pure power there. Two hundred thirty-eight pounds. Ran a 4.54 40-yard dash. He's a man among boys, even for the NFL, which is the most physical, like, specimens in the world. And Derrick Henry looks like he's, like, playing against, like, little boys. It's insane. He's gargantuan. Yeah. It's insane. You can't tackle him. He would 100% be one for me, if not for the fact that he's not the best at catching it. But even the the fact that he's still number two, even though not being a good pass-catching back... In an era where running backs typically are pass catching backs, just show, just shows how impressive he is. But for my number one, though, uh, drum roll, please. Though I don't think talent wise he's number one, I think he's number two under Saquon. Number one production wise, Christian McCaffrey. He can do it all. He can catch. He can run. He can break ankles. Definitely. He's like a top yeah. ten receiver, top ten running back. He he's got the skill last for anything. Year for two positions. He is. He's in, he's in, there's, there's no words to describe him. He's insane. He's put a thousand thousand rushing and receiving. Res- yeah, top one by far, production wise, amazing. For me, it has to be Derrick Henry, simply because there's no other running back that can take over a game like Derrick Henry. And if I'm thinking of who in an NFL do I think can get me to win the most games, Derrick Henry is the one that's most valuable and will win the most so games. For Jeremy, even if he's not, will also consistently account. run you over like Jeremy a truck. leaves Saquon Barkley out of his top four or something. I do. Wow. Or Jacob are not happy about. I mean, he is a Jets fan, so there, yeah. there is that. Yes, I am a Jets fan, but Saquon is still an amazing running back. I just think next after next year, I'm pretty sure he would be in my top four. But after a disappointing season, I don't feel comfortable putting him up there. Also, agree with Ellis. I think McCaffrey is the best running back in the league right now. Have you seen him shirtless? Man is absolutely jacked. His arms, his triceps, his biceps, his pecs, his belly. He's just a ridiculously strong man. I think the whole thing that he has no belly. A thousand, a thousand season last year. Over ten touchdowns total from scrimmage. And Jacob, it sounds like you're describing your ideal lover here. Ah, you might not be wrong. I see some future for me, me and C-Mac. Ori, what is your take on this? Well, again, as a Detroit Lions fan, we lost Darius Slay. <laughs> Again, expecting another 0-16 season like we did in 08. However, comma, carry on Johnson will carry on. That's carry all, on all I have to way, say. Words, so. I think he's actually a very good talent, um, albeit not the best because he's <laughs> a lion. That's what they all say. I mean, he no, he's actually good. He's a good player. Very talented player. However, um, he's a lion. Ruined so a fantasy season last year. Not much to say. Off. Moving on to the Wacky Sport of the Week. Drum roll, please. Ellis, hit us off. Our Wacky Sport of the Week is Jenkin, which is just Rock, paper, scissors, shoot in China. It is extremely high stakes with the winner being claimed Jankin Queen or King. It is extremely competitive. Winner gets a lot of money, sometimes up to a million dollars. Big arenas are filled. It is hype. You can get drunk, you can make bets. It's wild! Uh, okay, and with the coronavirus, there have been a lot of virtual Jankin tournaments. We've actually participated in a few. Randy, we have a recording for you. Rock, paper, scissors, two! That is pretty much a good simulation of what a Jankin tournament is like. Check it out when you're out of quarantine. Have fun. Or play it virtually with your friends. Yep. Have a good week. Stay safe. Thanks for listening. Hope you guys are doing okay. Thanks for listening. I said that twice. Check us out on Instagram. What Podcast One. That's W-O-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-1. Yes, bye. See you guys. Have a good one, everybody.